It's happening again, Seahawks fans. It's happening again. Right before your eyes. Do you even see it? The Seattle Seahawks are slowly but surely making their way to committing the NFL playoffs to going to, to the road going through the Seattle, the city of Seattle and CenturyLink Field and the Seattle Seahawks. We are literally just, I mean, one slip, one faux pas, one mistake away from taking the number one seed in the NFC. And you know what else is happening? They're not giving us the due credit. What's going on, Hawk fans? This is Robert English, your SoCal Seahawk, and thank you for joining me on this very late uh, uh, episode of Short Yardage. Uh, I've been gone for a few weeks, but I'm back. And for anyone who might call themselves, uh, uh, you know, a listener, um, my apologies. Life has gotten away a little bit, um, but I'm here, and so are our Seahawks. And they're not talking about us. They're talking about us, but they're not giving us the credit. They don't think we are who we say we are or who we're showing that we are. I've been saying the whole season that this team, by winning those games down to the wire, looking like they're knocked knock down, drag out, you know, those fight to the last minute type of games are going to pay dividends down the road. And look at it. Your Seattle Seahawks, my Seattle Seahawks are 10 and 2. First place in the division over over what seemed to be the unbeatable big bad San Francisco 49ers. Tied for the best record in the NFL. And control our own destiny. All we need is for the Saints to slip up once and we'll take the first seed, assuming that we went out. If we run the table, which is likely. That's not an impossibility. Look at the first of all, forgive me. I'm a little under the weather. So if my voice sounds a little hoarse, that's the reason I always get sick one time during the holidays. This time it came just right around it came for Thanksgiving and my Thanksgiving present this year was me getting sick. So. I apologize ahead of time if I'm coughing or sniffing in your ear. But the Seattle Seahawks stand to run the table. I mean, the Saints have to play the 49ers. I mean, we can either one of two things can happen. We can lock in the two seed, but we can possibly take the one seed. How huge is that? If the road to the Super Bowl goes through Seattle, Who's coming to the clink to beat us in the playoffs? I don't think anybody is. We wrap up the season. The Rams next Sunday night. Then we go to the Panthers for a 10 a.m. game. We're at home for an afternoon game against the Cardinals. 
And then we finish up at home with the Niners, which is scheduled for an afternoon game. But I have to imagine that it's going to get flexed uh, to primetime. I could only imagine that game being flexed. I mean, the, 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 the implications on week 17 Seahawks Niners are going to be huge because it's the, the, the potential for it to be for the division or, you know, for, for who knows what first round buys, whatever. There's nothing but playoff implications written all over that game. So I'd be very surprised if that game uh, remains at the one, at the one o'clock or one twenty-five uh spot. That's going to get flexed into prime time. Right. But look at it. The Rams. Okay. The only game, the two games out of the four are the Rams, and the Niners, the two division games that you might want to worry about. Right. Maybe the Panthers could be a, a trap game. Maybe the Cardinals. The Cardinals aren't good. Bottom line. The Panthers are reeling. Right they're, they The Panthers just fired uh, Riverboat Ron Rivera. And they're so worried about what they're going to do about Cam Newton. Can you really expect them to go out and put out uh, a, a great product against this Seattle Seahawks team in two weeks. I'm not counting on it. I'm not going to sleep on them because I, I you just don't do that. You don't ever sleep on an NFL team, but I'm not, I'm not underconfident. <laughs> I'm not worried about the Panthers and I'm not worried about the Cardinals, the Rams. Okay. Next Sunday night could play spoiler to us. Because they're still the Rams and they're still playing for their fight for their for their playoff lives. So it matters to them. But it, it, I mean, after Sunday night, if we beat the Rams, can you really not see us running the table? At least up to week 17. You know, previously we were talking about, you know, just making sure we had a wild card spot. Then after that, we're talking about, okay, maybe we can maybe we can grab the division. Now we're talking about, can we get the number one seed? Because we can. Because we can. How about the game last night, Monday night, uh, against the Minnesota Vikings? Final score, 37 to 30. Um, what a game. And that game wasn't as clear. It wasn't really a seven-point game. A couple of just freak accidents let Minnesota stay in that game. We should have beat Minnesota by at least two scores. At the very least. And you take two touchdowns off the board for Minnesota if we just don't make two mistakes. One of them silly. One of them just, um, you know, just a, a brain fart. Right. The silly mistake being, you know, Russell attempting to bat down a ball that was batted back at him. And Russell was he had his mind in the right place, had his heart in the right place. Everything he did was correct before people start, you know, uh, ultra uber analyzing it and over analyzing it. Russell did what a quarterback is supposed to do. Bat the ball away to make sure nobody can catch it. And Russell's, and Russell's, uh, <clears throat> all right. I said Russell twice and my voice cracked both times. Let me try that again. <clears throat> In Russell's case, he uh, is a little too short. So my voice is going to just keep cracking during this, uh, this podcast. So, you know, just, let's just, let's just, let's just deal with it. Like grownups. <laughs> He's just a little too short. And so his attempt to bat the ball left the ball in the air longer than it needed to be, longer than it would have been if he had just left it alone and ended up getting picked off. 
and uh, and taken back for a touchdown. There's one touchdown that didn't need to be or typically wouldn't be. And then the other was just a blown coverage. I don't know if it was uh, Trey Flowers or who it was, but somebody um, somebody bit on a, on a on an in, inward breaking route on the right side of the field and um, and left. Um, who was I think it was uh, uh, Treadwell wide open for a touchdown. Um, and, and there it is. But that's the that's the one big the one big play Minnesota had was that. On offense, their one big play was on a goof up by Seattle, not because they schemed us, not because they I mean, I guess you could call it they, you know, you could call it scheme, right? Because we bit on it. But when you go back and look at it, it was a mistake. It was a, it was a it was a um, it was a assignment mistake. You know, I mean, nobody gets that wide open unless there's a mistake made. That was their one shot play, their one big play they had on offense. Right. And if you go back and now if you go and listen, I mean, with this win, Seattle doing what they're doing now with this season, all they're talking about from Minnesota is if uh, if uh, 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 Thielen was playing, Minnesota would have won the game. If uh, Dalvin Cook didn't go out, Minnesota would have won the game. I mean, what are you talking about? Is it what they really think if if all these things were the case? Minnesota would have won the game. Kirk Cousins was 22 for 38 for 276, two touchdowns and a pick. Those are those are decent numbers. Those aren't those aren't terrible numbers, okay? He went out there and did his job. But there was nobody in the receiving core who was able to break the game open. Dalvin Cook was 9 for 29 when he went out. Nine for 29. He wasn't having a outrageously great day to suggest that he was going to break the game open. I'm listening to ESPN all day. And they're saying Dalvin Cook was looking like he was ready to take over the game. How do you figure? He was running for less than three yards a carry when he left the game. Stefan Diggs was four for 25. On nine targets, he caught le- he, he caught less than half of his targets. Seattle's defense came to play. Two screwy plays made this game um, uh, closer than it really needed to be, or than it really should have been. The one good drive they had, where. Uh, um, uh, uh, Cousins hit Rudolph in the end zone. Rudolph made an amazing one-handed grab. That was a great play. That was a great play. But this game was not as close as the score suggests. And the so-called experts out there talking like it was is just nonsense. Just nonsense. Russell Wilson went out there for 240 and two touchdowns. Did have his one freak pick. But take away that interception. Russell had an amazing day. 240 and two TDs, 21 for 31. You can't, you can't, you can't uh, uh, be sad about those type of numbers. Chris Carson, 23 carries for 102 yards and a touchdown. Rashad Penny, 15 for 74 and a touchdown. And then Penny had another touchdown uh, in the receiving game. DK Metcalf, six for 75. David Moore had two for 65 and his touchdown. 
this was a this was a great game by the Seahawks offense and even it's one of these games where both things came together. Both things came together in this game offensively and defensively. The only thing that we didn't do all that great was special team. Well, we didn't do bad either. You know, just nothing great happened. Nothing great happened on special teams this, in this game. But defensively played great. Again, you remove the one freak big pass because somebody just, just there was a, 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 a mistake in, in assignments. So you got one big long pass. And then the interception that Russell tried to tip away but actually tipped it up right to a <laughs> Minnesota defender. Take away those 14 points. Right? Take away those 14 points. So, um, yeah, this game was a this game was a a butt kicking if it weren't to weren't for two freak plays. And if you want to say that maybe okay, if it wasn't, then how come they when it was only a four point game, they had what two or three chances to get down there and and score and they couldn't. It's not our fault. It's not our fault their kicker missed the extra point. That's their job to do that. We didn't block the kick. He just missed it. That's them not being ready to play. And I'm going to segue with this statement right here because I'm going to move on to another topic that I I suppose I like talking about it, even though I really don't. But it's necessary for my sanity. And it's not a good subject, but we're going to talk about it anyway. But I'll say this statement is this Seattle Seahawks team is poised to make a Super Bowl run. Poised to make a Super Bowl run. Look at the teams that we have to go up against in the playoffs. And which one of them are you scared of? If the playoffs started today, are you scared of Dallas? Are you scared of Green Bay? Are you scared of the 49ers? Are you scared of the Saints? If any of them, the really formidable foe is the Saints. And if we go back to the Saints game, I'm sure we all remember, that's another one of those games where they, it might seem that we got beat up, but we really beat ourselves in that game. Early in the season, when things haven't hadn't all the way got together, we played what we, what we didn't know then, but would eventually turn out to be the number one seed in the NFC, right? See, we, we, we look at that game like it, like it was so terrible. But was it really? Because we lost to the New Orleans Saints because we didn't play that well, not because they just went in there and beat us up. We had a little trouble with Alvin Kamara, but we were, we, sh- we were and should have been in that game if it weren't for some boneheaded mistakes and things that we did to shoot our own selves in the foot, things that we haven't been doing more recently while we've been on this five-game winning streak. If we could play that game over again, I wonder how it would turn out. And even if the Saints just went in there and kicked our butts, we can find solace in the fact that it's the team that ended up being the number one seed in the, in the conference. So it's not, it's not like we went in there and lost the game to some, to some chump team. Every single team that we beat this year, excuse me, every single team that, that we lost to this year, every single, 
two. Every single team that we lost to this year is a Super Bowl contender. Not just a playoff contender. Not a wild card contender. A Super Bowl contender. We only lost two teams to two teams. And both those teams are Super Bowl contenders. And neither one of those teams, per my opinion, really rocked us. They just got the best of us in the amount of time that was there to play that day. If we could go back and replay the game against Baltimore or go back and replay the game against New Orleans, I think it's it's at least worth consideration that the game could turn out different. This Seattle team is poised to make a Super Bowl run. As I said, this that last statement was a segue to this statement in. That statement is, you Seahawks fans, you know who you are. You, you, mm, I was going to say a bad word. You unfaithful Seahawks fans, you know who you are. I've seen your posts. I've seen your tweets. I've seen your comments. I've watched your videos. I have sat through what's going to be coming up on 14 weeks of disparaging comments about this 10 and 2 First place in the division, second seed in the conference, Seahawk football team. For 14 weeks, I've sat there and listened and watched. This team just isn't a Super Bowl team. This team is just maybe a playoff team. This team is not going to do this. Pete Carroll needs to learn how to do this. Uh, Brian Schottenheimer needs to learn how to do this. Special team is no good. The defense is terrible. Give me a break. I've been telling you guys this all season long. We don't have the Legion of Boom anymore. That's not who we are. We don't have Marshawn Lynch anymore. That's not who we are. This is our Seahawk team. And look, you know who we look like right now? You know who the Seahawks are right now? The Seahawks are the new version of the New England Patriots. Let me say that again. This Seahawk team is the new version of the New England Patriots. Why? I'll tell you why. Because you have the coach and you have the quarterback. And then you build around it. You stay in the conversation year in and year out. You might falter here and there. One season, you slip out of the playoffs. Oh, and don't tell them, don't even start with about the year we didn't go to the playoffs. Throw the baby out with the bathwater when we didn't make the playoffs. Throw the baby out with the bathwater the year we lose, when we lose to uh, Dallas in the first round. I have been a Seattle Seahawks fan since 19... I don't know, 1989, 88. I was born in 83. So I gotta I can't say I was been a Seahawks fan since I was born because that wouldn't be accurate. But since I've been watching football 
I've been a Seattle Seahawks fan. I used to have season tickets as a kid in the kingdom, going to watch this team usually lose every Sunday. But we still got on that ferry from Bremerton and went over to Seattle and got and went up to the 300 level at first until we got some better seats in the 100 level. Every Sunday from August to January or, or, or December. Right? There's a lot of new Seahawks fans. A lot of new Seahawks fans that have come about since 2012, since we got new fancy uniforms and all this great stuff, new stadium. So I understand. But don't you dare look at this 10-2 first place, second seed team and claim them as if you have been rah-rah all season long. Now, I don't know who has and who hasn't, but you do. Be honest. Be honest. Because if you are that person, you don't deserve this team. If you don't like the team, you can't take the team at their worst. You don't deserve them at their best, right? Or just, you know what? Enjoy it. But remember what you said. And when somebody asks you about what you thought about your team, don't let me catch somebody up there talking about how they knew this was going to be the case. When, Because I will go back to the tapes. I will go back and I will, I'm going to call you on it. The people who I've seen, the people who I follow, I'm going to call you on it if I see it. I have seen too much of it. Pete Carroll, John Schneider, Russell Wilson is a winning combination in the city of Seattle. And as long as we have these three pieces, we will continue to win in the city of Seattle. That does not mean you're going to win the Super Bowl every year. It does not mean you're going to get 14 wins every year. What it means is that you're going to be in the conversation every season. Sometimes you might need to slip into the playoffs. Sometimes you might be one and done in the playoffs, but you're going to be in the conversation every season. That's what happens when you have a winning combination. And that's what we have in Seattle and we will continue to have it until we don't have it anymore. The Patriots have been doing this for 20 years. You got the coach, you got the quarterback. In our case, we got the general manager. Kudos to to Ken Norton for getting this defense up to snuff. It's not the Legion of Boom. Nobody is. The Legion of Boom was a historically great defense. The... The 49ers, and I don't care if their numbers right now are better than what the Legion of Boom has ever done. They were not the lead. They're not the Legion of Boom. The cast that we had between Richard Sherman, Earl Thomas, Cam Chancellor, and then, you know, the original with Brandon Browner, okay, and then uh, Byron Maxwell. 
Okay, that Legion of Boom, those Legion of Boom teams were historically good. Seattle, Seattle paved the way for the te teams like the 49ers. The defensive coordinator at San Francisco is from our from our staff. Why are you still comparing this team to that team? It's gone. But our staff has done what they needed to do to make something that works. The team has switched. This is Russell Wilson's team now. And he goes out there every week and wins football games to the tone of five in a row at this point. And with four games to left, four games still left to play, four games left, we stand a very good chance of going into the postseason, sitting back and relaxing for the first week as the number one seed or the number two seed. But we're sniffing the number one seed. We're not down a game. We're down a tie. Recognize what you have in your team, Seattle Seahawks fans, but recognize it when it doesn't look so great. Why didn't you recognize it, okay, when we were 4-1 and one because we weren't blowing teams out? Right? Why didn't you recognize it in week 8 or 9? Why didn't you recognize it then? Why do you only recognize it now because we're, we're nearly at the finish line and there's only one team in front of us? There's only one racer in front of us. Right, there's only one runner in front of us, and now you think we know how to run. Right? There's only one runner in front of us in the race now, and now you think we know how to run. But when we had a couple people in front of us in the race, we didn't know how to run. I'm not having it, Seahawk fans. I'm not having it. Your Seattle Seahawks are the number two seed in the NFC as it stands right now. As it stands right now. I believe the 49ers play the New Orleans Saints um, next. And that's a big deal. That is a big deal. Um, We very likely could, if we lose to the Rams and Niners beat the Saints, you know, we fall right back to where we were before Monday night, which is still playing for the division. Even if we lose on Sunday night against the Rams and the Niners manage to beat the Saints, bummer, but we still haven't lost first round by because we still have to play the 49ers in week 17. And I'm calling it right now. I'm going to take my time here. I'm going to call it right now. You guys are hearing it here first, okay? I'm going to I'm going to look at these schedules. And I'm going to call it right here in this spot, okay? Just bear with me one second. I'm going to make now I I think I've done a pretty good job of predicting how Seahawks games go this year. But um I'm going to call it right now. The New Orleans Saints 
play the 49ers um next week. It's supposed to be a 10 a.m. game. I don't know if they flex out 10 a.m. games or not, but I wouldn't imagine. Whatever, whatever time they play, it doesn't matter. I'm going to say that the 49ers take down the Saints next weekend. Dropping the Saints to 10-3 and three on the season. Bringing the Niners to 11-2. and two. The Seattle Seahawks will beat the Rams on Sunday night. Also bringing us to 11-2. and two. And with that, giving us the number one seed. The Seahawks will then proceed to beat the Carolina Panthers. I'm going to say rather easily. We will take care of the Cardinals by a couple of scores. And then we will play the 49ers. For the number one seed. Not just for the division. But for the number one seed. That's my prediction. That's my prediction. The Niners are going to beat the Saints. Now, that's a dangerous road to go because what we'd rather have, right? What we'd, what we'd rather have is the Saints go ahead and beat the Niners because as long as we are winning our division, okay, we're going to be the number two seed as the records go now, assuming, you know, hell doesn't freeze over. But if my prediction, if my prediction goes the way I'm, I'm suggesting, and then in week 17, we lose to the 49ers, not only do we lose the first seed, we will fall from number one all the way down to number five. So we will literally go from the number one spot and a first round bye all the way down to a wild card at the five, which would be very disappointing. But that's why we play the game, isn't it? That's why we play the game. So once again, Robert English, your SoCal Seahawks prediction is that the 49ers are going to beat the Saints next, next Sunday. The Seahawks are going to beat the Rams. It's going to put the Seattle Seahawks at the number one seed. We'll then beat the Panthers. We'll then beat the Cardinals. And then we will play the 49ers for all the marbles. Winner takes number one seed. Loser. Now I'm also suggesting that the Niners will also win the rest of their games. Up and uh, leading up to week 17. Which may not happen. Which you know good for us. But I'm suggesting that they will. So week 17 will be the showdown. The winner takes all the cookies. The loser still gets to go to the dance. But they're going to have to fight to get on the floor, right? 
You heard it here first. Hey, it was a great Monday night game. It was fun. It was exciting to watch. The Seattle Seahawks looked good. The running game was on. The passing game was good. The defense played well. We didn't get to the quarterback as much as I would have liked. I don't think we got to Kirk Cousins once as far as sacking him is concerned, but we did pressure him, so that was good. But um, the team looks to be good. We're mostly healthy. This is what you want heading into the playoffs. This is what you want. So barring no catastrophic injuries, um, this team is, again, poised to make a Super Bowl run. And you heard it here first. This is Robert English, your SoCal Seahawk. I'm signing off. Go Hawks.